You're listening to episode 125 of the Mad Chatters podcast, February 15th, 2017. Most everyone's mad here. <laughs> <laughs> Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Mad Chatters Podcast, your very important date with the happenings at Walt Disney World and around the Disney Universe. I'm Derek and joining me as always are my fellow chatters, Matthew. I'm so glad to be here. And Jeremy. Every kiss begins with K. All right. They're our sponsor for this week's show. They are. Oh, they're not giving us any money. (laughs) <laughs> That's right. They're not giving you two money. <laughs> oh. Carry on, carry on. Just like you carry beautiful jewelry from K Jewelers. <laughs> <laughs> so smooth. Before we get to this week's show, let's talk about some news that was announced this week in the Disney Universe because there was quite a bit of it, especially for fans of Walt Disney World. And most of that news regarded opening dates of things we've talked about for months or maybe even years on this show. So I'll go in order of what we're waiting the longest for to what we're waiting the shortest for. So in 2019, it's official. That's when Star Wars Land in Disneyland and in Hollywood Studios will open. So I don't know if that's news, really. Like, I mean, I just kind of assumed it would be around then. You know, we were kind of tossing around like 2021, oh. not we officially, but I remember that was in the discussions about Walt Disney World's 50th and opening all these big things. And I was like, well, that's a long time to wait. So that's what I'm good. thinking. It's a long time because even 2019 is still a long time away. And how long has like Avatar Land been being built? Uh, 2010? Yeah. Oh, 10. really? Oh, built? Built. That was yeah. when it was announced. Built was like when we moved here, so like 13, 14. Oh, really? That long? I think it's been like at least 14, because I remember like vertical buildings being there when we moved here to Central Florida, and I w- we'd see the progress. Okay. Well, it's just interesting to me that like, like for instance, we're going to talk about in a sec, they announced Avatar's opening date, but it's only a couple months away, and yet they're telling Star Wars like, two years away that just seems i figured they would just let it like be unknown and i then think all there was a little bit of uh ambiguity on the avatar one because i think originally they were planning to couple it with the opening of the new movie right and then he decided to push the movie further so maybe that just i don't know i think a couple years ago in fact it may have even been at the d23 expo in 2015 they officially said 2017 would be the opening yeah. date for avatar so it's kind of the same thing as Star Wars Land. I'm guessing at the beginning of 2019, we'll get a more official date for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it just seems like a, a pretty good distance away. Yeah, it is. But we have something to look forward to before then, which is, as you mentioned, Pandora, the world of Avatar, officially opens May 27th. So we'll get the boat ride and the flight of passage ride in just three and a half months. That's exciting. I'm I'm probably more hyped about Pandora than I am Star Wars Land, if I can be totally honest about this. Hmm. Interesting. Shocker. Well, I just feel like Pandora has so much more possibility for fantastical things 
You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like, I can see it. Like, not that the Star Wars universe doesn't have those opportunities, but I just feel like Pandora is going to blow us away. And there's also something to be said about the fact that we've never seen anything Pandora related. Whereas, I know Disney's going to blow us away with Star Wars Land, but right now, in 2017, all I can think is, but we've already seen so many Star Wars things, you know, in the parks. That's just kind of where I'm like, ooh, new and shiny, Pandora. <laughs> it's old and overgrown. <laughs> well, that is true. It's, it's Joe Rody theming, though. And That's if right. you'd like to catch up on Pandora, the world of Pandora, um, FX has been playing Avatar a lot lately, so you can watch it. There. I do need to watch it before it opens. I've never watched any of it. See if someone's made like a YouTube like twenty-minute summary. Cliff notes. Yeah, <laughs> like the most important scenes. Just do that. Uh, but actually, the trip I'm taking with my parents later this year is the week after that opens. And so oh. now I'm like, I'm super excited, but I'm just going to want to spend all my time there. Yeah. And I'm like, do I even bother taking them to Animal Kingdom at all? Because like, that, y'all have fun. Well, that could be a whole day. <laughs> just those two attractions. I'll see you later. <laughs> I don't know what to do, but I'm excited about seeing it. They're going to want to be there. They're going to want to. They're, they're going to be amped for it. They'll be I excited because you're excited. I saw Avatar with Dad in the theater, and he still talks about that sometimes, so maybe that's enough to get him excited. Wow, yeah. Yeah. Uh, But even sooner than that, Rivers of Light, this is not a joke, people. This is true, real life. Rivers of Light is officially debuting February 27th. And it's already soft-opened. It's been showing every night as sort of soft Wait, no, February 17th, right? Yes, yeah, I'm I sorry. Saw 17th. Yes, yeah. May 27th is Pandora. February 17th is Rivers of Light. Yes. There you go. And so yeah, it's been soft opening. And did you see last night? That being what's today Sunday. So last night being Saturday, it like shut down halfway through the show and like was like, sorry folks, technical difficulties. Yeah. <laughs> oh, gosh. I wonder if that will be just kind of normal for a while. Yeah. This. This. I mean, this is a doomed attraction a show whatever you want to call it from the beginning like it's never it's never been what it should have been and it never will be and it's always going to be like cursed they might as well just scrap the whole thing no like oh, I'm, there's a bleak outlook from jeremy <laughs> <laughs> i'm really excited about it um i stopped being excited about it but then after seeing all the pictures y'all it is gorgeous it's so pretty well here's the thing i see the Disney people who always hate Disney absolutely hate it. The people who are honest say, eh, it's, it's kind of boring. And the people who are optimistic all the time about Disney are like, it, 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 it has nice parts. So, uh, you know, there you go. Well, I mean, I'm not going to be blown away by the story necessarily, but I do think just the pictures and how it lights up and the colors and the water. And I think it's worth, it looks like it's going to be worth seeing at least once. At least once, yeah. That's not what we want to say about a nighttime show that's going to be here forever. But <laughs> it's not a raving review necessarily. But anyway, um, so the next thing they announced is an opening day of something that we have never heard about before, that no one had heard about. Speaking of nighttime shows, oh, there you go. Uh, Sorry, mm-hmm. I should have let you segue this one. I was helping you out. Wishes will have its final performance. Is it a performance? <laughs> Yeah, sure. Yeah. On May 11th, 
because on May 12th, a brand new fireworks spectacular will debut in the Magic Kingdom called Happily Ever After. Yes, mm. super pumped about this. Again, we love Wishes, but as we've said before, it's past its due date. It's time to get something yeah, fresh been, and new. We've been speaking this out into the world, to the universe, for two years now. Almost three years. Absolutely. And uh, this I thought was interesting. Somebody pointed us this out on Twitter, that the oldest show featured in Wishes, or excuse me, Happily Ever After, whatever it's called, is The Little Mermaid. So no films from uh, Walt's time, no Peter Pan. Well, like just the the imagery, right? Because surely When You Wish Upon a Star and other classics will be in there. Yeah, I'm, I, I, surely. Yeah, I think just what was mentioned on the blog, didn't it list like films on? Or Maybe they're talking movies? about the castle, which we should mention. They're incorporating, finally incorporating the projection mapping into the show. The, the, the projection on the castle that usually it's its own separate show it's finally being incorporated into the fireworks show this happily ever after show do you think they'll still do once upon a time you know I don't yeah, know yeah they they are because that's the whole thing it starts with once upon a time and it ends with happily ever after well I saw people commenting on that but I didn't know if that was Disney's official purpose behind it oh but, well, well Walt Disney always said that <laughs> the parks are never complete I don't know uh, let me read the uh, the blurb from the blog. The blog blurb. It says, The spectacular will inspire guests to seek out and find their own happily ever after by showcasing some of the greatest adventures Disney characters have taken to achieve their dreams. The show will feature the latest fireworks and pyrotechnics and original animation, plus a heart-tugging original score. And thanks to the inclusion of state-of-the-art projection mapping technology, more Disney characters than ever before will be featured in the show, including moments from Moana, Brave, Big Hero 6, Zootopia, The Princess and the Frog, Aladdin, and many others. I'm really glad they're featuring some of those newer films in it. Really new. And Jeremy, I know what you're talking about. Some blog, I guess, got a hold of every movie that's part of it, and they listed them. And I remember reading it because it said a quote, something like, classics-like, and it listed the ones you're talking about, Little Mermaid, Aladdin, and new films. And I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. I mean, I can say Little Mermaid a classic, but there are much more classicer (laughs) movies in the Disney canon. They're classicer (laughs) movies. Yeah, and uh, I think the blog also did like a Q&A or they were answering questions that people had posted. And so this I thought was interesting as well. Wishes will still be um, featured during the Halloween show, so Hollow Wishes and the Christmas party will still feature the Wishes show that is currently showing. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, I'm excited. I think I'm I'm a little bit sad. Um, I mean, I'm it's so ready to go. Don't get me wrong, but Wishes was the very first nighttime show Jeremy and I saw in Walt Disney World. So it kind of has that special place in our heart that showed us what magic, what Walt Disney World can do, what they're capable of, you know? I got engaged during Wishes. Oh yeah, that's right. Now we were across the lagoon. So it'll be a little strange to see it go. Um, No, I'm excited about it for the most part. The music sounds great from the little uh, snippets that we heard on the preview, the video preview. Um, I thought the score sounded nice. Almost, um, it almost sounded like a little, like, Wicked. 
there's one part of Wicked they keep playing on the previews on television, and it's got just that kind of soaring brass and then like a little syncopated, really heavy drums, like boom, boom, boom. Anyway, I like that. It's got a little driving rhythm to it. It's not just, I don't know. I did notice that Tinkerbell once again will be uh, flying from the castle. I feel like the, of all the things we add and change and the way technology advances, there's got to be something else we can do with that. But yeah, people love it. I'd like to see Dumbo fly. That's what I want to see. I know. Yeah. I am going to miss the pop version of Wishes. Oh, it's it's in I mean it's like in a regular playlist of mine. It just I just go to it when I want to feel happy. Maybe they'll play it somewhere random, like in the bathrooms and interventions or something. It <laughs> <laughs> just, just pop that would be random. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if we'll get one of those for this show. Oh, I'm sure. It's kind of like a it's kind of like a, um what do you call it? It's a, like a D like a what do you call it when you're coming out of something? It's like a D coming off. You have the pop version with lyrics, and then they play the pop version without lyrics. And it's just kind of a, yeah, yeah. a gradual coming out of the magic. <laughs> Descent. Yeah. I love those. I love those poppy Peebo Bryson versions of the songs from the 90s and, and that one from 2000-ish. Yeah, I'm sure it will have one. And I look forward to hearing it. Well, of course as Disney usually does when they announce so many big things in a row, it's really just amping up for a ticket price increase. Yeah. You know, it's giving them justification and a reason to say, I know we're charging more, but look at all the things we just announced. And so as always, they have announced a ticket price increase. It went into effect Sunday, February 12th. You guys, I'm a little bit sad about this because you know, the news broke on Saturday that Ticket prices are going to increase tomorrow, and I haven't bought my tickets for my parents yet. And I'm like, maybe I should. Ah, uh, no, it'll be fine. It'll go up, you know, ten bucks. The four-day ticket park hopper went up fifty-four dollars. Oh my gosh! <laughs> it's like that sucks. Why didn't I buy that? Wow, fifty-four dollars. Fifty-four. It was four nineteen, and oh. now it's four seventy-four. We got to pay for Pandora. I, yeah, for real. Um, but I did notice that they also added a thing where if you get a three-day ticket or more, you save $20 by buying it online. So that's good. Oh. Don't ever good. buy your tickets at the gate. Never, ever. That's interesting because I would think they would be maybe a cheaper incentive to do it at the gate because they're trying to get that last-minute customer. Well, that's when you want it more expensive. Yeah, because it's like, at that point, you have no choice. You have to buy it. So they're going to charge as much as they can. Wait, yeah, hold on a second. I'm going to get my phone over here in the corner real quick. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> For real. Right. Yeah, that's a good tip, actually. Even if you're at the gate, do it on your phone. You'll save 20 bucks. Yep. Anyway, now that the news is out of the way, let's do some eating around the world. For this week's segment of Eating Around the World, in which we review certain restaurants at Walt Disney World, we have a bonus edition. We're going to talk about two restaurants, because both of them are restaurants that at least one of the chatters ate at just last week. They are both in Disney Springs. 
they're both, I think, less than a year old. Mm-hmm. And they're both heavily seafood themed. So I'll give you a few seconds to guess what they are. Captain D's. <laughs> Red Lobster. Ding, ding, ding. Ooh. Cheddar Bay Biscuits. Mm. No. Uh, so I'll go ahead and start first because I want to kind of get the eh, one out of the way. Um, so Paddlefish is the brand new restaurant. I mean, really brand new. It opened Saturday, February 4th in Disney Springs, formerly known as Fulton's Crab House. Did either of you go when it was known as Fulton's? No, and I am really sad that I did not. Yeah. That happened really quick. No, transition paddlefish. I just never got to go, and I really did want to go because I, it had kind of an old vibe to it, and I wanted to experience that. No, I've never been there, and I've always thought it should be rethemed as a Steamboat Willie character meet and greet. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, that's your thing, yeah. Or a Princess and the Frog something. Ooh, now that there sounds like a good idea. Because <laughs> there's that scene at the end. They're on the big boat. Yes. Anyway. I feel like they should make the How About That Girl a voice for a <laughs> firefly on the next sequel. <laughs> she could be Evangeline. <gasps> oh, you totally just ruined that whole thing for me. <laughs> anyway, I never went to Fulton's. Honestly, I never really heard good things about it. You know who really liked it? One of our one of our college friends, Scotty Curse. He really every time they went there, he listens to the podcast too oh, faithfully. Wow. He really liked Fulton, so he might be this might be shocked to him that it's actually gone. I don't know yeah. when the last time they were here. Sorry. Well, I cannot speak to Fulton's, but uh, our good friend Aaron Wallace and I went to Paddlefish the day it opened because we were I was heading out or I was supposed to be flying out that day, missed my flight because of Paddlefish. That's a whole other story. But we, we decided, hey, let's check out the very first lunch service. So we go in. It, it really wasn't all that crowded. I, I wonder if people came out that night. I don't know. Um, Early. But first of all, the staff. That was the first thing I noticed because everyone was so helpful and so kind. And the guy who seated us was asking where I'm from. And he's a big Titans fan, which, you know, I didn't have a lot to say on that subject. Yeah, um, they play football. Yes, yes. And our uh, the guy who took our drinks was super nice. And then later we ordered food that he had to make at the table. And that guy talked to us for a while. So everybody was really friendly. You could tell they were excited to finally be open to the public. Uh, the decor. I-, I really just wanted to know your thoughts the whole time I was in there. Because it's very nautical themed in its colors. So it's just cream and like slate blue. Like a grayish blue. Everything is just those two colors. And then, of course, the floor and the tables are wood. Mm-hmm. So that's, I mean, that's really all there is. Like, I just wanted there to be, maybe not wanted, but I expected there to be wall art, maybe. Or, like, ropes on the wall. Wall carpet. What <laughs> I expected there to be some stinking wall carpet. Uh, you know, like, a, a big steering wheel, a big ship rudder wheel thing. Like, something just would have made the walls pop. You know, come to think of it, they were probably going away from kind of the in-your-face nautical theme because of a certain other restaurant that shall go unnamed for now that is heavily nautically themed at Disney Springs. Maybe so. Uh, But when you go in the bathroom, which I really like the bathroom, it was very nice, but the wallpaper is just 
covered in different types of knots. So there'll be a picture of a giant knot and they'll have the word under it like slip knot or whatever. And it's just a giant collage of these knots all over. So that was kind of in your face, but. That's interesting. It's a subliminal message to get your tubes tied. <laughs> well, a vasectomy. I guess men don't get their tubes tied, do they? As the uh, medical professional on this show, I can verify that they do not. <laughs> All right, there you go. But they do go in and tie a knot, right? They got to tie a knot in it. No, I think they actually um, do Snip like it. a burn. Cauterize. <gasps> Uh, speaking of cauterizing, so what we ordered was, uh, no, 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 so we, it, it was the lunch menu, and, like, it was a little pricey, like, let me, let me read you a few of the, uh, main courses. You could get a half chicken for 27 you know, you know, these prices aren't terrible, but it just sounded like not a lot of food, necessarily. So we were really torn, because we wanted to get fish and chips. I feel like if you go to a seafood place... You need to be able to judge how their fish and chips are. Well, it was $33. Um, it did come with sweet potato Good fries. Lord. I know. Fish and chips is $33? Were they sort of an orca on there? <laughs> it's, at, <laughs> it's Atlantic <laughs> halibut. Um, so we were just like, I don't, that's just a lot of money. And it's just lunch. Um, they had a petite filet mignon, six ounce, for $39. Uh-uh. Uh, catfish, which I like catfish, but I know like real seafood lovers kind of turn up their noses at catfish. And it was 25 So everything was just kind of like, I mean, I'm hungry, but not $33 fish and chip hungry. So what we decided to do was split an appetizer and split um, a sandwich. So we started with the table side lobster guacamole. Because that, of all the things on the menu, sounded so good to me. It sounded the best. And so the guy came. His name was Naki. He was very friendly. He had worked at Disney for years and was talking about his favorite places to work. And and he did this all while making the guacamole in front of us. And it had big chunks of lobster in it. And so I was really impressed by that. And then he put it in front of us. The chips were these really thick tortilla strips. Like, they were they were probably six inches long and about two inches wide. And they were really heavily seasoned. Almost a couple of them tasted like Doritos. I'm not going to lie because they were so seasoned. But they were really, really good. And this guacamole was delicious. Hands down would order it again the next time I went. I highly recommend it. The only thing is, it was $28. Shoot. And it said it serves four, and we easily ate it all between the two of us. Were they skimpy on the guacamole or just on the, the chips, or both? Uh, probably the guacamole. There, there, I, don't, I think we had some chips left over. It was a pretty big basket of chips. Hmm. But I, I would say it was maybe like we each got like three-fourths cup of guacamole which sounds like a lot but i mean you can eat, i can eat a lot of guacamole i'm just saying yeah like it just didn't seem like it would ever feed four people especially considering it was 28 dollars. like it, it should be more than that it should be more food than that is what i mean like by four you should ask them by four do you actually mean four people that weigh <laughs> 50 pounds for Americans? <laughs> yeah. Right. It should say that. <laughs> and like little parentheses at the bottom, it says uh, Koreans. <laughs> <Four> <laughs> Koreans. Oh. 
Yeah, I don't know. I, I would be interested to hear what other people think about the serving size. But I, I don't miss those $28. It was really good. What I do miss is the $12 I spent on the sandwich you ordered. Granted, this is literally the cheapest thing on the menu. So we should have known better. Okay, but we didn't order it because it was the cheapest thing. We honestly ordered it because it sounded good. Okay, so listen to this. It's Floridian chicken salad. Okay, I like chicken salad sandwiches. I like Florida. There you go. Uh, it's got papaya, mango, pineapple, pecans, red onion, and celery. And it comes on honey wheat bread. And it's served with fries. Okay, $12. That sounds like a bargain. Bargain. That's what I thought. <laughs> I bargain. Yay. Um, it wasn't good. <laughs> <laughs> it was not either. It really wasn't that good. Well, I mean, no, this is a you problem. You go to this place and you order a chicken salad sandwich. Because we already got the lobster guacamole, so that felt like the seafood thing. And it was either split a sandwich for $12 or split fish and chips for $33. Yeah, but that's like what sixteen fifty a person. Yeah, I mean, obviously now I wish I had done that. Well, especially when the guacamole was such a small serving, because I'm like, dang, I could have torn down those fish and chips. That's why we make mistakes so we can learn. There you go. Uh, but y'all, this sandwich, like, I honestly have had much better sandwiches at Panera. In fact, I think every sandwich I've had at Panera was better than this. There were whole Ouch. chunks of the sandwich where there was nothing between the, the p- pieces of bread. Like on the corners, you know, because they cut it in half diagonally. And the corners were just two pieces of bread. And the bread was like a loaf of bread from Walmart. <laughs> it didn't even have like... It was just plain wheat bread. Listen, I've gotten to the place where... Uh, I'm going to be one of those old people already. I've gotten to the place where I go places and... And they have something on the menu. I'm like, can I see it? Like, can I can I look? What, I see honey wheat bread. I'm like, can you bring a piece of that out? Can I look at it real quick? <laughs> you gotta just you gotta stay ahead of the game on these people. Yeah, I should have. And then when you say yes, I would like that, they go back and they take that piece of honey wheat bread and they rub it between their butt cheeks and then they <laughs> put the chicken salad on. <laughs> it look, as long as it was a high quality piece of bread, I don't care what they do with it. <laughs> and high quality butt cheeks. Oh, boy. Uh, Well, that's, I mean, I guess that's my review. I don't want to say too many negative things because, like we've all talked about, I ordered the dumbest thing I possibly could have ordered on the menu. That was opening day, literally, right? It was opening day. Honestly, the service could not have been better. And we had a nice view. Like, the whole wall is a window where you can see Disney Springs. So we got to see Rainforest Cafe. We got to see those cars from the boathouse driving Amphicars. Driving across the water. You gotta love that view of rainforest. I, I know. That volcano is kind of an eyesore. Anyway, so I, I might go back. It will not be the first restaurant I go to for a second time. Like, there are many other places I would return to in Disney Springs before I return to Paddlefish. Uh, but that lobster guacamole was delicious. And the menu was interesting enough for me to go back and try something else. Mm. So, that was Paddlefish opening day. But that leads us to another seafood restaurant that Matt and I went to. Uh, my second time, Matt's first. And Matt, I'll just, I've talked enough. I'll let you do this one. Oh, well, I, uh, first impressions of being on the inside, I never walked on the inside. I've wanted to go here. Oh, it's Boathouse, by the way. Uh, that was the <laughs> unnamed restaurant. 
the unnamed restaurant from earlier, um, very heavily nautical themed, uh, with the you know the flags. I don't know what those flags are, like the nautical flags. I guess are they, are they country flags or what? No, because I was going I was going to uh, use country flags on my Instagram post, so I went through all the flags in the uh, emojis, and they're not on there, so they must just be nautical. Okay. Sorry. So those are there. It's, it's, it is what it says it is. It looks like a big boathouse, like a hangar for boats. And I didn't realize that it went off to the right and there was actually a much larger restaurant than what you see with the main big boathouse. So we sat in the room that was off to the right. And my first impressions were that it was bright. I liked all the wood. This is what you would think of with a nautical themed restaurant with ships on the wall and knots and portholes and lanterns and i mean high it was it was classy it wasn't like it was gaudy or anything it was just right and it was bright and airy and the windows were uh, letting a lot of good light in so i liked the way it felt and then um looking at the menu i was pleasantly surprised with how reasonable the prices were on the lunch menu even for the filet mignon sliders which i ordered um i think i think they were 16 i think 14 yeah, okay, it was very reasonable. Uh, Do, I two... Do I hear 12? Do I hear 12? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they were very good. Uh, I, I ordered the, the Flaming Yon sliders, and I thought originally I was kind of going back and forth on what I was going to order because I didn't necessarily want a ground patty. Because, you know, when people advertise, you know, our burgers are made from 100% Angus or ribeye or something, and it's ground up, you know, it's like, eh, you know, I, I can't really taste the difference. But this was an actual little slice of filet mignon on a, on, a, on a brioche bun, and they were delicious. All that was on there was some garlicky maitre d' butter. Like no ketchup, no mayonnaise, no topping, nothing, and you didn't need anything else. Um, the fries were good. I like the rolls, little just simple yeast brioche. I think they're brioche too. Kind of dark, eggy uh, rolls. Mm, I'd be surprised if they were brioche. Well, they were delicious. They were very uh, like good. Kings, it's kind of like King's Hawaiian ish. Yeah, they are kind of yeah. like that. Yeah. Kind of dark and sweet. So, um, we didn't do an appetizer or anything, did we? That I'm missing? No, just the bread. No, but I see, I felt like I didn't have to. I, did, I felt like I didn't have to go skimpy on lunch, and I still got that item for a pretty good price. Yeah. I didn't feel like I was having to, you know, like at Paddlefish, I didn't feel like I was having to choose something I didn't want just to stay on budget or something. I totally agree. And it's funny because when Boathouse first opened, I remember we kind of joked about it because we had seen tweets about all this crazy expensive food and it just sounded like it was going to be that type of place uh, overpriced. And I don't feel like it, it is at all because when I, my first trip, I got that buffalo chicken salad, which was more than enough food and so good. And it comes with the bread at the beginning and it was $12. And then this time I got the lobster roll which was 29, but I mean, it's lobster. Like you kind of expect that it's gonna be- And it was humongous. It was so big and it came with all those fries and like we said, the bread at the beginning. So 29 Uh for lobster is not unreasonable. And you had lots and lots of big chunks of lobster in there. They weren't skimpy on the lobster. Yeah. And honestly, even the the split top bun it came in, it was lightly toasted. Almost almost kind of tasted like sourdough. I bet it was. It was really good. It, It was buttered and very good. Yeah. Aaron got the coconut shrimp that came with like an orange chili sauce. Uh, I think he enjoyed it. 
Aaron can write in and tell you if he enjoyed it. Here you go. I, I think you both were a little surprised that it wasn't glazed with the orange chili sauce, right? Right. But it's just like your typical coconut shrimp. Not, I'm not saying it tastes like this, but imagine coconut shrimp from Outback or something. That's what it looked like, dry. And then it came with a little chili orange dipping sauce. Right. Yeah, I think he liked it. Yeah. I would probably go to Boathouse a third time before I went to Paddlefish again. I would go a second time. <laughs> oh. It, mm. it is kind of funny that there are so many nautical-themed decorations, and it doesn't cross the line of being tacky, I don't think. It's I feel weird. like it plays better in the day. I feel like it, I think if I go back, I would rather eat lunch than dinner just because it was so bright and nice mm-hmm. and airy and... and and not and you could see the boats out on the water and stuff. You could fool yourself into thinking you were at the beach just for a hot second. Totally, yeah. Well, there you go. Boathouse, two thumbs up. allergies are really kicking in. Uh, and now, here's your Mad Cheddar host, Mad Cheddar Jeremy! Thank you, thank you, Steve. Thank you so much. It's wonderful to be back with another Mad Cheddar game. You know, it's been a few weeks since I've uh, hosted a Mad Cheddar game. Uh, I think Matt hosted the last one, so it's yeah, good it to be terrible. back in the... Uh, <laughs> This is why I don't do games. (laughs) It's good to be back in the captain's chair. Tonight, we are pitting Derek against Matt in a common bonds game. So what's going to happen is I'm going to give you two Disney or Disney Pixar films. And uh, in those is a common bond voice actor. You have to tell me the voice actor who is the common bond. It's that simple. Lord have mercy. Yeah, it's that simple. Yeah, I would like to point out that the hands-down worst we have ever done in a Mad Cheddar's game involved voice actors. Yeah. That is, you know, which is why we're doing it again. Yeah, we need to challenge ourselves. <laughs> exactly. We need to grow. We'll never grow unless we challenge ourselves. That's in the Bible somewhere, I'm sure. So, yep. here we go. Uh, <laughs> I think Barack Obama said that. That's right. Uh, number one. The Lion King. And Toy Story 3. Derek, who did you say? Okay, I don't remember his name. I think I remember his first name. Is it the guy who voiced Pumbaa? Ernie something? Ernie Sabella? Yes. That's your guess? Okay, I'll allow Ernie Sabella. Matthew, who is your guess? My guess is Jonathan Taylor Thomas. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Okay, that's a good guess as well, but both are incorrect. The correct answer is... Whoopi Goldberg. Really? She's in Toy Story 3? She voices the octopus in Toy Story 3. <gasps> That's right. I would have never, ever known that. <laughs> Does the octopus even talk? 
Yes. <laughs> like, did they just like did they just record like the sound of her dreads rubbing together for the tentacles? <laughs> no, she's in the support group and the vending machine. That's right. And then at the end, she's also part of like the Lotso's hitchmen that try and stop them. That's funny because her name crossed my mind as one of the few voices I actually know in The Lion King. But I'm like, no, she's not in that. Yeah, she's not in Toy Story 3. That's what I thought anyway. All right. Well, All right. There we go. Number two. Cars and Zootopia. Matthew, who did you guess for this one? I have said Jason Bateman. Okay. And Derek? I said Bonnie Hunt. And the correct answer is Bonnie Hunt. Yeah, Congratulations, yeah. Derek. Very good. Of course, she's Sally in Cars and Cars 2. And presumably, I believe she's in Cars 3 as well. And then she also plays... Uh, um, oh my gosh, the name just went out of my head. Who's the main bunny's name? Uh, Judy Hopps. Yes, it plays her mother. Mom, yeah. She's been all over the Disney Pixar family universe. She yeah. has been. She's been in Monsters, Inc., uh, Bugs Life, Monsters University. She's had voices in all those mm-hmm. things. She's a good one. All right. Number three. Uh, the Emperor's New Groove. Princess and the Frog. Derek, who did you guess? John Goodman. And Matthew? John Goodman. And the correct answer is John Goodman. Very good. Uh, he's also in Monsters, Inc. And that other beloved family favorite, The Big Lebowski. Uh, of course. Is he, uh, he's in Cheers. <laughs> no, he's Is not. Is he? <laughs> no, that's George Went. Yeah. <laughs> he's in Roseanne, but not Yes. Sure. Here we go. Okay, uh, number four. Home on the Range, Spaceship Earth. Matthew. Judy Ditch. And Derek. That's who I said as well. Yes, it was Judy Dench. You had uh, only a few options there. And Ra- yeah. Walter Cronkite was long retired. And I thought, I thought Myers, she was one of the cows. Or <laughs> she's the, the lady, isn't she? Who's she? No, she's one of the cows. Okay. That kind of makes me want to go back and watch Home on the Range now. Oh, it's so sad. I'm like, Judy, you're better than this. <laughs> is she a British cow? She is right there with oh. uh, Jennifer Tilly and Roseanne Barr. So I want to hear Judy Dench do an American accent. <laughs> yes, harsh R's. <laughs> I love Judy Dench. Philomena is such a great movie. Oh, so it's good. Seriously, Philomena. Like, if you haven't seen it, Philomena. Philomena. <laughs> <laughs> you should go That's watch good. it right now. It is a great movie. It's on Netflix. I think I watched it. That's the one with the lady in the convent and the orphanage and all that yes, stuff. Yes, right? and she's trying to find her son. It's like Finding yeah. Nemo, but with British people. <laughs> oh, you sold me on it. <laughs> Just and it has Eric. I don't. No, it does not. No, no, it <laughs> no Steve Coogan. Never mind. Uh, they wait. they run together in my mind. <laughs> I've always said. Uh, when you see Steve Coogan, you think Eric Idle. Anyways, okay. Um, number five. Tarzan, Toy Story 2. Matt, who did you say? Oh, this is wrong. But he's my favorite. So, Kelsey Grammer. All right. And Derek? Okay. I only know two voices from Tarzan. 
So I picked a voice from Toy Story 2 that might be in Tarzan, and I don't remember his last name either, but the Wayne guy. I know, the Wayne guy who plays Uncle Al's toy barn and is also in Jurassic Park. What? I'm going to accept that because that is the oh, correct answer. Actually, I can't knew accept it. that. When I thought of him, I'm like, I could see him playing one of those animals. You cannot uh, accept one name. It's Wayne Newton. No, He's the, it's not Wayne, Wayne Newton. Newton. No, uh, Wayne. Oh, God. Well, don't you know? Don't you have it written down? I have Wayne Newton written down, which I realize now is wrong. Hold on. Let me look it up. Nobody knows his name. Okay, first of all, I asked for the question to be stricken. Secondly, I asked if it's not stricken that the answer be counted incorrect because both names were not given. It's Wayne Knight. Wayne I Knight. couldn't have just said John for answer number three. But he gave specifics. Yeah, I knew he was- Uncle Al's toy barn. And this is a name. Al, this is a Al. game about oh. names, <laughs> not guessing what they are. Why do I keep saying Uncle Al? I don't, I don't know. know. Some deep-rooted childhood issues, but uh, yeah. he played Newman on Seinfeld, which is why I said Wayne Newton. That's why I got confused. That makes yeah. sense. That makes sense. Okay. Yeah, Wayne Knight. Tarzan. He right. plays Tantar, Whatever. the elephant in Tarzan. Yeah. Wow, and Tarzan has a lot of big names in it. I'm just looking now. Like Mini Driver, Glenn Close. I forgot all this. Yeah, she's uh she's his mother. Yeah. Rosie O'Donnell. Gorilla. And of, and of course President Fitzgerald plays Tarzan. No he doesn't. Does he? Yeah, you're right. Yes, he does. Because yeah. I'm sorry, I was confusing him with the guy who plays uh, Achilles, who was on the OC. Oh, yeah, Tate Donovan. Yes. Um, speaking of Glenn Close, she's back on Broadway in Sunset Boulevard. If any of our listeners would like to donate to get Jeremy to New York to see it, please just email us, madchatters.net. Uh, anyways, okay. <laughs> Those will come flooding in. Listen, I'm. I listen. We spoke into the universe, and we got wishes removed. So, so what's I, up? So what's up? Are we counting this question or what? Yes. <laughs> yes, yes, we are. I'm allowing it. Even though I called him Uncle Al, formal protest. Let it be known it was accepted under protest. Okay. <laughs> Take it down. It's noted. Okay. Uh, number six. Noted. Ratatouille. Tangled. Derek, your answer. Brad Garrett. And Matthew? Oh, you're turd. I'm not even going to say mine. I was so excited because that was the first one where I was 100% sure I was correct. I'm done at this point. I'm done. I wanna, no, I want to hear what you said. I put Mandy Moore. <laughs> was She's Mandy freaking Moore Rapunzel. In... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was like, was she in Ratatouille? I don't remember, but... Anyways, yeah, it was Brad Garrett. Raymond. Anyways, um, so we're counting. So back to number five. We're, we're counting that, right? We are. Even if we didn't, you're still losing. So there we go. I figured and if I persisted, people will love me anyway. <laughs> number seven, Inside Out. Nobody. Nobody. Wreck It Ralph. Derek, or excuse me, Matt this time. Who is your first pick? Oh, Where Lord. Uh, main character, John C. Riley. Mm. Okay. Yeah, I have no idea. I said Jack McBrayer. I put this one for you, Derek, because I know you're a fan of this uh, person. It was Mindy Kaling. I don't even know who that is. Or what she does. She's on The Office. She played Mindy. Or no, what was her name on The Office? She's the Indian girl. Mindy, yeah. Mindy Project. 
Yeah, yeah, exactly. Comedian. I object to this whole game. <laughs> Wait, who does she play on Wreck-It Ralph? Uh, she's Taffeta, the mean girl who's... Uh... I don't even know who that is. Oh, in Sugar Rush. Yeah. I don't think I knew that. Huh. She She's Taffeta. <laughs> I was like, oh. <laughs> Come on. Let's get it over with. All right. You are such a sore loser. I want to drag this out for as long as I possibly can. The senator will take her seat. <laughs> I keep talking. Six Cut to my, three. Pretend to take my microphone out. Cut my microphone. I object uh, formally to this. Six to three. Uh, the winner is Derek. Congratulations. Ooh. All right, take Have us out, seat. Steve. Congratulations, Derek! You have won this match at a game! Join us next time. Same match at our podcast. Same match at our Back in 2007, the three of us mad chatters were leaving Tomorrowland, strolling past Tomorrowland Speedway. I remember it distinctly. When we were talking about our favorite things at Walt Disney World. What? What? <laughs> How do you know this? And Jeremy spoke up. I already know what he's going to say. Oh, <laughs> uh, I remember. And Jeremy spoke up and said, the characters are my favorite thing. And I remember, really? remember Matt and I, that was our exact response. We said, what? <laughs> of all the things in Walt Disney World, your favorite thing is the characters. Yes, at the time, I was shocked and appalled. And I would have been surprised if characters would even make my list of things I liked at Walt Disney World. But I have to say, as years have gone by, I have come to appreciate and even love meeting characters at Walt Disney World. And on this show, we're going to talk about what it's like to meet characters, why we do it, why not to do it. Just kind of generic introductory information all about the meet and greets throughout Walt Disney World. And first, we're going to talk about the cons. What are reasons not to meet characters? I, this will be the segment that Matt has the most to say about. Uh, but what are the cons? Reasons not to meet them? Or like I can reasons give you why reasons. it's not good to meet them? No, you should I'll not go you- to meet them to fondle them. <laughs> no, here's reasons why you wouldn't, why you shouldn't meet characters. You hate love, you hate happiness, you hate joy, and are you just listing inside out characters? <laughs> <laughs> I've never been to that meet and greet anyway, so it's okay. I have, and it's always a really long line. Uh, but anyway, so what? Are, no, for real, what are some cons to meeting oh, characters? Some cons are depending on the the popularity of the character, your lines are going to be pretty long. 
um, compared to the way they try to bill it on the vacation videos and things where it looks like they're just out and about having fun and you can go hold hands with Mickey and skip down Main Street. That's not going to happen. Uh, you have to wait about an hour to see Mickey without a fast pass, uh, longer to see some other more popular characters, and you're going to spend about, well, depending on the crowd size and how fast they're trying to move, you're going to spend about, I'd say like an average of a minute to a minute and a half with each character. That is the biggest con, is that the experience is very limited and brief. But in a way, I've always felt like it's supposed to be. Like, I've always felt rushed in there. I don't know. And and even if it's nothing external, it's just an internal thing. I've always like, oh my gosh, we have to go up and meet them. All right, there we go. Everybody get in place. Smile. All right, bye. You know, and yeah. you feel very like, I got to get in and get on out. On top of that, we should differentiate very early on between... Um, I guess we'll just call them costume characters. Well, they all have costumes. We should make the differentiation of face characters, which are non-masked. You know, you think Mickey and Minnie and Donald, that's that's a person, a friend that is <laughs> dressed and there's a full costume head and everything, you know. Face character is a person. So like Prince Charming, Cinderella, the princesses, they're talking to you, they're actual people in character, but it's a, like a, a human being image, you know you're a person those um those are very awkward yeah that was my first con awkwardness yeah i mean obviously for adults it's more awkward than for kids they don't care it doesn't seem they don't seem to care but yeah i i I, like i i meet characters the more i go just almost like to collect them like i want the picture of me with the character but i kind of dread the actual experience because sometimes uh... You're like Harry Potter guy. What's his name? The armchair guy. The professor that's in like the last two episodes that collects that collects the people in the pictures. Slughorn? Slughorn, yes. Professor Slughorn. Oh, uh, I see. You said episodes. Yeah. It applies. Maybe that's like me. Um, but like I dread the actual talking to them. Um, <laughs> some are worse than others, which I'll, I'll get to later. But yeah, I just think that can be one of the con... Um, Especially the princesses. I don't know what it is. Like, the boring princesses. <laughs> you, you know who I'm like, talking about. Like whom? Like, Who's boring? Like Cinderella. <gasps> I mean, I mean, like, compare her to Anna, who has such a fun personality and is like, oh, I'm so glad you're visiting my kingdom today. And then Cinderella's like, do you like my castle? <laughs> I don't know what she says. I haven't met her in a long time, but... That have Elena now. Elena's fun. Is she? I have not met Elena, but I did last week meet Moana. And oh. she was so awkward. I saw your picture. Yeah, it was it was a fine picture, and I'm glad I did it. Mostly I just went back there because I wanted to see what they had done with the space. But she talked to me for so long. And I, it almost felt like she was trying to impress me with how in character she got, you know? Oh, I know. That's one thing that they're trying too hard to do. When we met Tiana a few weeks ago, I felt like she was doing that a little too much. It's like, okay, be in character, but you don't have to reference every character on your movie. Yes. <laughs> you know? Yes. There's a difference between being the character and knowing a lot about the character. Yes. And this, this girl was like, oh, Maui, he's a shapeshifter. Who's your favorite animal to shapeshift into? No, I feel like Tiana was doing that. And she was talking about, like, Lewis. 
and then she referenced the 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 um her friend the firefly what's his name ray ray yeah, she was doing all that and then she was really playing up like the southern accent too much my fan lewis uh-uh. <laughs> mm. you're a princess now <laughs> have some class honey <laughs> yeah yeah and besides the long lines i also think they move really slow slowly uh you know because you say like only a minute at a time but like that's a long time to just stand there and wait and then after that minute you move up one place in the line i would certainly say if you are in a hurry and need to do things don't i hate to say it that way unless you're just like obsessed with the characters you have a kid that's obsessed with and that's going to make your day better I wouldn't plan on that making your day better if, if that's not you going into it. <laughs> well, I wish there wasn't the the pressure because it would be fun to like be in that moment and come up with different kinds of poses that you could do. Um, usually what they do is they get you in there and they tell you where to stand or whatever and then turn, smile, cheese, okay, bye. But it'd be fun, kind of fun to like, okay, we're going to take that picture with Winnie the Pooh and then kind of mess around and do some other different poses and and things with him. I bet you would do that. I would. I totally have a photo shoot with Pooh. <laughs> 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 uh, well, if you want plenty of time with the character, go meet Moana. She will talk your ear off. But I also like. I do like how they do um, the Mickey meet and greet on Main Street, where you're kind of isolated from the line because if you don't have the eyes peering at you of like hurry up then you kind of feel a little less pressure and that's why if i'm even when i'm meeting mickey on main street i always try to be the last that's into the room and most people think i'm just being kind but it's really out of selfishness because i'm always like oh no you guys can go in front of me you know oh you have a kid go first that way i'm the last group so then you can definitely spend some time there before they bring in the next people yeah. And uh, I think Mickey and the other cast members appreciate that in a sense as well because they can kind of take a breather because I don't ever have children with me. It's usually when I'm with when I'm meeting Mickey there, it's with people my age or older. So they can kind of let their hair down a little bit and breathe a little bit before they have to bring mm-hmm. in the next group of ankle biters. So Mickey just like talks like normal, like the person, Mickey's That's- friend just talks to you. He's like, oh, bo- oh, it's just you guys. All right. I'm so glad y'all came out here. <laughs> Y'all got any smokes? So that's all the cons. What about some pros? So like, why do we meet? I say we as in me and Jeremy. Why do we make characters? Because meeting characters is wonderful. Here is the living embodiment of these people and animals and things that you have grown up watching or, you know, they've meant something to your life. You've connected with them in some sort of way. And now here you get to, like, see and touch and experience them in real life. That's that's what it means to be human. Oh, wow. Hmm. That went deep. Uh, yeah, I would, I would say, um, for me personally... Let's, let's not imagine my family being part of this. Me personally, if I was there by myself, a reason to see characters is if they're just rare characters out and about or ones that you just like. You know, I, I would get my picture taken with like a Captain Hook or a Mr. Smee. Um, I wouldn't go necessarily wait anymore, you know, for Mickey or Donald or something like that. Seven Dwarves at the 
you know, the parties they do where they bring out all the seven dwarfs. I think those are cool. So me, Derek and I recently got our picture with the, uh, oh, uh, Gideon. No, no, that's the fox. It was the, the cat. What's his name? No, it's Gideon. Foulfellow's like the bad one. Honest John. Yeah, it's Gideon Foulfellow and Honest John. That's right. Uh, but, you know, a lot of our listeners do have kids, so, like, I feel like you should speak to that. What are the pros of seeing characters with your kids? Oh, absolutely. Well, I was speaking from myself first, but absolutely with a, a kid. Um, Anna, our little girl who's a little over two years old, didn't really care for the characters for a while. She liked to see them from a distance and wave at them and stuff, but when we got up there, she turned immediately shy, wanted nothing to do with them. And then for some reason in December, something just clicked. And we went to see Santa Claus, and she was fine with him. And that's the day we had, like, that first magical experience with Daisy I told you about, where she couldn't wait to get down, ran right to her, hugged her, was doing all the stuff. And from then on, she's loved it with the princesses, with everyone. But now she's kind of got it in this little system uh, where she knows that she just goes up there, she turns around, she kind of does a little pose and smiles, and and that's it. So we're trying to kind of keep her interacting. Uh, if you want to hear about our Mickey experience, I'll give you a brief bit, but you can listen to it a few shows back. I don't remember. We were last in line, and they did give us a little bit of extra attention. We were in there for a very long time with Mickey. He talked to her, and they were stomping their feet and doing all kinds. And he was talking, you know, asking her and telling her stuff, and I thought that was really good. If you got little kids like that that just love that, it does make the experience. It took my wife's Disney level up about three notches. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, I remember our friend Brittany, who came on the show to talk about her first trip with her daughter. She mentioned that the characters was one of her favorite things because just seeing like how sweet the princesses were to her daughter and the way her daughter's face lit up. That's what it's all about. Yeah. And I think even for adults, I think one of the pros, speaking for me personally, and I know characters are not for everyone, that's fine. But for me personally, like I do feel as though you can't have the full Walt Disney World experience without at least meeting one character. Because that's it's such a big part of what Disney World is. Even if it's not what you plan your vacation around. At least Mickey Mouse. At I mean, least Mickey Mouse, for sure. Yeah. It's just, that's the full experience, is doing everything plus the characters. I mean, there's only 137 different opportunities for you to meet him on property. So, <laughs> yeah. come yeah. on. <laughs> you will find the mouse somewhere. And I think looking back at all the characters I've met, there are some fun memories. Like, I don't feel like I did it just to say, just to cross it off a list. Like, I do have specific memories of fun interactions with characters who kind of made me laugh just because they were doing such a great job and were so in character. And Mm -hmm. I think that outweighs all the awkward experiences I had. You guys know one of my favorite memories of us meeting a character? What? And it's one I don't really even care that much for. It's when we randomly saw... Max at Hollywood Studios. Yeah. Uh, I think on our second trip. No, so that been was... Talking about Goofy movie, and I've been talking kind of, yeah, I don't really like it. Not like the not like the minute before, but I knew that was, <laughs> y'all like Goofy movie, and I was kind of whatever. And then it was like, oh, there's Max. Yeah. And he was on his way to something, which usually they don't stop, because they've got their character attendant. And they're like, no, he's gone somewhere, but he stopped and took a picture with us. That was when, it was definitely a later trip, because I was already living in Miami when we... Yeah, that was 2012. Oh. Yeah. Because I look really tan in the picture, and I only look tan when I look behind <laughs> me. Nice. 
Yeah, I want to talk about some stories a little bit later. Uh, but first, what are some of the characters that you guys think are the worst? Whether you think they're just really done poorly with their costume or whether the queue... Like, I know one that you've talked about, Matt, where the queue is miserable and it's not worth meeting this person. Um, Ariel. Yeah. Ariel's Grotto back in New Fantasyland. And I don't know if maybe since that time they've gotten some AC in that cave. But this was in the heat of Ju- of August, and it was nighttime. And there's a certain portion of the night, I don't know what it is, where it feels like it's going to be cool. And I don't know what happens, but about an hour after sunset, it gets terribly humid in the summertime. Um, which it's already humid anyway, but I feel like it kicks up a notch at night after the sun goes down after about an hour. And we were waiting in that line for her so long in this cave. And it was like the threshold of hell itself just terrible just everybody was miserable and then you get in and there's ariel like hey two minutes you're gone you know she's sitting on the rock you know she can't get up and swim around or anything a little flipper <laughs> little flipper fins um i don't think there's any bad character experiences oh there are maybe that but as far as like the wait time you know whatever but i I do think that there are some characters that are overdone and perhaps that need to be scaled back a little bit. Particularly, I'm thinking about Stitch. Like, you can find Stitch so many places. I feel and, uh, Now he meets right by the flagpole in Magic Kingdom. See, That's there you go. Weird. And I, I, I know that Stitch has a following, and I and I like Stitch as well. I know his attraction is terrible, but, you know, you can't let that taint your view of him. But, I mean, come on. Do we really need to have four or five different opportunities to meet Stitch throughout Walt Disney World? No. Do you want me to tell you a really bad one? Yes. It is bad. This is a legitimately bad character experience. It's any time there's a meet and greet for Peter Pan. I don't care if he's your favorite Disney character of all time. It's always awkward because there's just this awkward, you know, he's a grown man acting like a Peter Pan, like a little boy. And, you know, the the, the, th- the same thing you had going on with Moana, like trying to be in character and stuff. It's just like, please, just stop talking to me. <laughs> Where did you meet him? I've never seen that. It was back when they had the meet and greet in Adventureland. Adventureland, um, yeah, that's where he was. in a little... Uh, I think he meets over by Peter Pan's flight now. Why? Yeah, why would he be in Adventureland? In the little veranda over there, where and sometimes Rafiki was in there, Peter yeah. Pan was in there sometimes. Uh, it was just very awkward. Now, and it was more or less his interaction. Like, I'm not, not even talking about the conversation, like Neverland, and do you want to grow up, and all that stuff. That's fine, or whatever. It was awkward. He was really hyper that day, and like, he kept, t- he was acting like he was hearing the TikTok crock, and I... This is the time I had my friend Jamie. His uh, his child was in like the stroller asleep by the time we got to the front, and so I was having to interact with Peter Pan on my own. And he was like jumping over and looking over the banister down into the water, and I was like, "Dude, just take the picture. <laughs> let me get out of here. <laughs> just calm um, down a notch." Now, have you all I seen? I a whole lot of crack. I've I've verified this online that there was one of the Peter Pan friends of Peter Pan and the friend of Wendy, and they fell in love and got married in real life. That's sweet. Yes, I thought so too. Yes. I actually don't think Pete's silly sideshow is very good, and it's specifically about the lighting. 
Like I love the characters in there, like Goofy in his in his uh, you know, Daredevil costume. Oh, I like that place. I like the lighting. But I've gone in there twice, and every time my pictures come out like orange. I think that's your skin tone. <laughs> <laughs> You're not orange. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Maybe I've just had bad experiences. But like they need to brighten it up or something. It always comes out weird. Anyway, just a personal pet peeve. I just like that place. It's so it's re- it's relaxing to be a character meet and greet place. It's uh, it's oddly a relaxing little area. Yeah, but if we're talking about hot cues like Ariel's was, for me the hottest has been Aladdin and Jasmine in Adventureland. There was a line, and I was like, "Oh, I'll do this real quick." Well, it took forever for them to come out there because they take long breaks and they take them very often. But you are right there outside. You could be in the sun if the sun's on that side of the sky. You know you know where I'm talking about, right by the magic carpets? Yes. And they took forever with each person, which I guess is good. But they were not very good. The two I saw, they weren't... They just didn't even really resemble them. Mm. I think the worst character cue I've ever been in, but I didn't mind it, is... Uh, when Winnie the Pooh and Eeyore and Tigger used to meet at that dock at Animal Kingdom. Oh, man. And yeah, that line. That was something else. Oh, it was so hot and right there blazing in the sun. That was our first trip, the last day. Oh, yeah, yeah, but, and again, that was an experience. Remember, we were the last ones they let in line. And so oh, yeah. we got to spend extra time. And we even got to, we all did the individual pictures with each character and then they did a picture with i think all three of them right they did yeah something like that yeah i actually so they don't do that anymore i don't is it pocahontas now i don't know if any characters i don't remember but i that was actually that goes down as one of my favorite just because you wait in one line to meet all three yeah you just pop right over to the other ones i wish they did that more often because that's not the way silly sideshow is where you can only meet two and then you have to go and get in a totally different separate line to go meet the other two which is full snot well we did an episode already where we talked about some of our least favorite costumes uh so i guess you can go back and hear that if there are just some you hate but i thought of another one today i think the woody costume looks really jacked up because he's supposed to be this tiny toy and his head is huge He's very extra large. He's so hey, Derek, big. you're missing a key theming ingredient. You know what it is? You've been shrunk You've down. You've been shrunk down to the size of a toy. Come on now. I've been shrunk down to the size of a toy's toy because he's huge. <laughs> oh. And his head is like a big box. It looks weird, and he can't blink. We've seen Woody recently, and I don't, I don't ever, I don't remember saying he looks jacked up. That's, it is very jarring, and we've mentioned this on the show before. When you see characters who are, in their films, relatively small, and then they're boom huge, such as <laughs> Abu or Olaf. Abu. Yeah, yeah. I actually really liked the Olaf meet and greet a lot more than I thought I would. Yeah, hmm. but he's only like two feet tall in the right. film. I was watching Frozen today, actually, and uh, oh. you know he's just kind of behind. My sister's never seen it, and I was making her watch it today, so. Mm. Okay, so those were the worst characters. What about the best, in your opinion? Um, I'm not going to say this is like a best, but it was enjoyable. was when Derek and I went to meet Kylo Ren, 
because you take the awkwardness that is just going to happen because he's talking to you and asking you questions, and it was very awkward. But it becomes fun because he's so intimidating and like in your face about it, and that, and the photographers and they were just there like taking pictures and not interacting at all. Normally, the photographers can kind of help you with the character some, like they're talking to the character for you. Like Mickey, did you see his shirt or whatever? They weren't. They were doing nothing. It was just you and Kylo, <laughs> and and it was very awkward. They left us stranded for sure. Yes. And then when you left, he, you know, we talked about how he kind of followed us out and scared us, and yeah, and that was that was fun. Other than that, I would say that talking Mickey, when it is on point and and you've got the time and there and all that stuff, I'd say that is by far the best. That's what I that's what I had written down too. The best is Town Square Mickey. He talks to you, A. And also, you know, they only let in two or three families at the time to make sure you do get plenty of time with him. And I feel like he does make sure you feel loved, welcome. He makes sure he says goodbye to you completely and you're gone before he turns to the next family. Yeah. You know, it's a good meet and greet. I think my one of my favorites is during the villains mix and mingle at the Halloween party. Now, let me go back and clarify because the organization for these character meet and greets is absolutely terrible because it's just all of a sudden lines form and you're not quite sure if it's like a legit line or if it's the real line and it's impossible to meet all of them because the lines get so long and they're only out there for a hot second. Mm -hmm. But Derek and I met uh, Dr. Facilier once. That was kind of fun. But I think my favorite ex- was uh, when we met Corella DeVille during that. And I just happened to be wearing an underdog shirt. And as soon as I walked up, she looks at it and points at my shirt and goes, clever. <laughs> and uh, it was just <laughs> like it, really funny. She broke the awkwardness there and, and made it a really fun experience. I think that's, that's really what makes it memorable is when a character can break that awkwardness like Matt said with Kylo Ren and mm. or like brings the awkwardness to a level that you can laugh at it. Yeah, in yes. an unawkward way. <laughs> yes. Yes. I the worst experiences are for the characters that cannot speak and you're just like hi. Eh, <laughs> how are you? Oh, and then like they like gesture and you're like, I don't know what that means. You're sad. <laughs> you want you crying. <laughs> yeah. And the and then the photographer has to be like, he likes your watch. And you're like, oh, okay. <laughs> oh, that's that's so spot on to every character interaction. You were covering your eyes like you were bashful or something. I, I don't know what that means. Do I need to leave? Should I leave? Hey, but we've had, like, good experiences. I, another good experience, I remember when uh, Derek and our friend David met, and myself, met uh, Tarzan and Jane and um, Rosie O'Donnell, Ape. What's her name again? Uh, Turk. 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 Why could I not remember Turk? I was going to say Tonto, but I knew that one, right? Uh, <laughs> yeah, that was also at a party. I would say if you're into these character things, the party ticket is worth it for you because all of the best character meet and greets happen at the Christmas party and the Halloween party. Some of the rarest, coolest things, even characters you see all the time are in special costumes. Yeah, either go there, or if you're in Epcot and you're around the American Adventure and all of a sudden rare characters pop out because that's like a training ground, uh, you never know who you're going to meet over there. Like, I've seen Country Bears there. Yes, I met Liverlips there from Country Bears. 
And that's yeah. where Matt and I met Gideon just last week. They also do it over in between uh, the UK and Canada, where that uh, gate is that leads to like a convention center that's back there. Do you know what I'm talking about, Matt? Yes. Or have you ever been in that thing? No. See, neither have I. But uh, we, when I was with some friends, Eddie and Michelle, uh, a couple years ago, it was in December around Christmas time. Literally, by chance, we just happened to be walking by. That gate opens, and they're like, would you guys like to meet some characters? Yeah. And it was like six characters just appeared out of nowhere. And it was like – Well, I make a, and, a correction. Like, I have been in there, but it was back when it was the – Millennium Celebration, like, hub. Celebration Village or whatever. Oh, okay. So Not, now, not since then have I been in there. I think now it's like a... Almost like... I used to work convention center, but I think it's like... That's a, what it is. Okay. I just had a few characters written down that I think are a lot of fun to meet because uh, they, they stay in character well. I mentioned Anna earlier. I think Alice, or at least the Alice I met last week, did a terrific job of not, like, referencing things in her movies to prove she knows stuff, but just being Alice. I think Anastasia and Drizella are always super fun. I think, I don't know if you can actually take pictures with them, but the Green Army men over Oh, in, you can. Yeah, you can. Yeah, they're they're a lot of fun to watch. I think they can interact well with guests. They're kind of frightening to small children, I've noticed. But yeah, faceless things don't go well with children. Yeah. Well, speaking of faceless, I also love the Jawas in launch bay just because no one's ever taking pictures with them because they just walk around so you can squat and get a selfie they like to the to trade things right i I had an experience with them where they wanted to trade you stuff so like we gave them like a park map and they got really excited and like raised the roof and then they put (laughs) it in their bag and they handed us back some piece of crap i don't remember what it was (laughs) a magnet (laughs) huh have you guys ever met gaston no. Okay. I have not. No, but I want to. Yeah, those videos go viral, you know, of him getting... I mean, yeah. he gets crazy. Sometimes I'm like, okay, y'all need to stop. But I think it's it's cool that they do that over there by his tavern. Yeah, I think that would be a fun role to play as well. And my last one were Stormtroopers. Again, I don't think they really stop to take pictures with you. But they do a great job because you you hear their voice box talking and they'll be like, and they'll actually, you know, refer to you specifically like, what are you doing? And obviously better stuff than that. (laughs) What are you doing? How are you? Oh my gosh. I felt like I was there. Um, I also love the, the characters on Main Street and on Hollywood Boulevard when they come out. That's a lot of fun. You oh, get a yeah. good improv with them. Even though they're not like movie characters, they're still a lot of fun. Especially the mayor. Always get a picture with the mayor because that old man's going to die soon. So you <laughs> want that souvenir. <laughs> That's so funny that you say that because for the very first time I was in Starbucks on Main Street last week. And one of the characters, one of the women with the big old hats was standing at the counter. And she had her hands up on the counter and was peeking over and was talking to all the cast members making the coffee. And then she would turn back to a person and be like, what is your name? And the girl would say, Sarah. And she's like, uh, Sarah over here would like her coffee, please. Is it going to be ready anytime soon? <laughs> and she was just going back and forth with the people and the cast That's members. That's awesome. It was fun. I could tell that some people were giving her funny looks like, is that just a guest dressed up as a <laughs> early 20th century citizen? <laughs> yeah. 
who is this crazy woman? Uh, I loved a couple weeks ago when they did the women's march and they had all the posts on Twitter and people were posting pictures of them with their women's suffrage. Uh-huh. <laughs> so I was like, yes, yeah. you go girls. Well, do you guys have any, uh, you've mentioned a few, but any special memories of our times meeting characters? I feel like there is a glaring one that I'm not remembering, but... One of my favorites is something we tweeted about a few weeks ago. was when we were at Hollywood Studios, and they had that... Uh, it, was actually, it was actually the week we saw Prince Caspian in Disney Springs. Oh, or yes. Disney. And he was out there, and like no one was getting a picture with him. He was just kind of standing there. Yeah. And so we go up there, and <laughs> Jeremy says, Can I touch your sword? <laughs> In my defense, uh, I was not hitting on him. I promise. No, no. Oh, yeah, that does sound kind of. Mm. No, he had an actual sword, and he goes, "Are you trained in weaponry?" Um, okay, take the picture. <laughs> it, it was really awkward. I did. That was back when I did not like meeting characters, and I'm like, Jeremy, do not make us meet him. That is so stupid. Yeah. We have a wonderful picture of us with Prince Caspian, which you will never meet Prince Caspian again. Exactly. Never, ever. That's why I'm glad we did it. But it was super awkward. I missed the Kim Possible meet and greet on uh, (laughs) Streets of America. I still remember, God bless her. She was standing there with Ron Stoppable. And there was literally nobody in line. Oh, and people would walk past and say, who is that? And we literally stopped. And I remember I looked at her and go, do you guys want to meet her? Like literally right in front of her. And we were like, no. Okay. And we just kept walking. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, good times. I also remember just a couple years ago in Disneyland when you could meet, you stood in one line to meet Winnie the Pooh, Tigger, and Rabbit. And Jeremy and I got excited because we've never met Rabbit before. I mean, that's a pretty rare character, and that's somebody I want to meet is Rabbit. Oh, for sure. So we got in line. Well, they announced, oh, the characters are going to be leaving soon, so we probably won't have time. Well, people were taking their precious little time with Winnie the Pooh and Tigger. So we thought, and no one was waiting for Rabbit, like, because he was waiting for that group. Rabbit is literally standing there, like, four feet from us, looking at us. But Aww. there's ropes, so like we can't necessarily get to him. And yeah. all we wanted Aww. was a quick picture. So we, so the family in front of us kind of heard us talking about that, and they're like, "Yeah, just go." Like that family's not there yet. So we're like, "Okay, we're gonna do it." So I <laughs> hopped the little rope, and <laughs> Rabbit waves her or right waves his uh, finger her, at me. Yeah. Whatever. He <laughs> wags his finger at me. And uh, we got we got uh, we got in trouble by Rabbit. We got and, scolded uh, by Rabbit for jumping the oh. line. The photo pass guy was like, "Oh, I'm sorry, no, no." <laughs> so we had to leave. <laughs> we were banned. I do not have a picture of Rabbit, and I probably never will because I'm on some list. Some yeah, oh, sure. no. yeah. Uh, I I do have a uh, just a memory that pops into me and it pops into my head, and I remember my. <laughs> You know, I took my grandparents to the Magic Kingdom. Uh, they'd never been, and it was their the only time that my grandma has ever been. And we did meet Mickey and Minnie that day. And this was back in uh, when they still had Toontown. And so you had to walk through their house, you know, Mickey's house, to get back there. And um, 
I just remember my grandma, and she was a character in and of herself, but uh, just the excitement of meeting Mickey and Minnie for her. And she's, oh, I'm going to stand here, and you stand there. And she just kind of directed us all. And so that's a precious memory there, you know, mm. attached to that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, as we wrap things up, do you guys have any tips for people who have not yet entered the uh, character scene yet? The meeting and greeting my biggest tip is this if you don't want to necessarily wait in line to meet characters but you want to have an experience nonetheless do the character uh meals um that's a great opportunity for you to meet a few characters without taking time out of your day in the park um so if you're not into it if that's not your thing but you feel like hey i am at disney world i should meet mickey and minnie get yourself a character meal and then it won't necessarily quote unquote inconvenience you and it's slightly less awkward i don't know if it's the psychological factor of you're sitting there and they're coming to you or if it's the fact that um in a good way it's a little more organized and i want to say i want to say rushed but not in a bad way like they know that you're eating and they're not going to be awkward about it they just they're there to wave sign autographs take pictures and move to the next table so if that's that was your thing then then go for it i would say if they're popular characters which you should know if they're popular characters you know you know look it up or or something there's a character you just got to meet i wouldn't hesitate to make a fast pass for this um the mickey thing you know we snagged one for like nine o'clock the wait was only 30 minutes at nine o'clock in the evening but still it was a breeze just to go in there and fast pass it and get done with it um I wouldn't say, you know, if you got a whole day and you need to fast pass other things, but wait till you use your three fast passes maybe in the morning on something big, and then you start those one at a time fast passes, I would use one on that. Anna and Elsa and Epcot or um, the princesses in Magic King, the Mickey, those are all, all pretty popular all the time. Yeah, that's a good tip for families who want to make sure to get a picture with Mickey, because you can fast pass it first thing in the morning, make sure everyone still looks in you know in decent shape get a nice picture with mickey and then you got the rest of the day to get nasty and gross get nasty yeah get nasty <laughs> get nasty at the magic kingdom that's gonna be my book <laughs> the nasty fans guide to the magic kingdom oh man that's probably a thing to be honest yeah no i guess my biggest tip would just be have fun like yes it's awkward but just have fun with it because they're probably they probably feel just the tiniest bit awkward don't you think they're behind the thing they're behind the veil anyway but yeah just have fun with it enjoy the moment get a nice picture out of it and see if you like it and if it's not for you that's okay but you did it once if you want to meet some rare characters also consider doing a run disney event because lots of rare characters pop up on the racetrack yeah sure. the racetrack the elusive darkwing duck picture Mm. That's, I guess I'm gonna have to get my butt off the couch and run a race so I can meet him. <laughs> well, and they and I hate it because they also all show up at those DVC events. But I'm like, it's not enough for me to become a DVC member. <laughs> <laughs> I would become a DVC member just to meet Greek characters. But they always it. see those events. And I'm like, dang it! Everybody was there. I know, like Robin Hood popped up at Disneyland last week randomly. So mm. that's awesome. I love the and there's so many Robin Hood characters that meet and greet in the parks for such a movie that nobody cares about 
Yeah. Oh, what? I love Robin Hood. Oh, me too. But, you know, oh. the general public. Well, yesterday you retweeted that guy who uh, noticed that. I can't remember their names now. Ratcliffe, Radcliffe. Oh, yeah. And Miko. Miko were meeting at Animal Kingdom. And I'm like, Governor Ratcliffe is. He's, it stands for everything that Animal Kingdom does not. Like, yeah. Animal Kingdom's about preserving the land and respecting the the well, native. Well, but he's a villain. He's it's his. I mean, you meet villains at all the yeah, parks. Yeah, but he's right there at the gates. <laughs> like, that's not the ambassador. Kick him out. Kick him out. They, they. Uh, that's why he's outside. But they're super <laughs> rare. So yeah, I would have been in that line probably. You remember that time the lady referred to Miko as that dog? <laughs> oh no! Oh, we, that's that another. We, we were waiting we should, on Chip and Dale. The characters I misidentified would be a great segment. Uh, for instance, my favorite was during the afternoon parade when the Pinocchio float went by and Geppetto was in it, and the lady next. Uh-huh. There's Albert Einstein. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Why wouldn't he be in a parade in Magic Kingdom? <laughs> the beloved Disney character Albert oh. Einstein. My or, favorite is when Cheryl, our waitress at the Garden Grill, referred to Pluto as Goofy. Oh, no. <laughs> we were ma- uh, waiting in line once at Animal Kingdom to meet Baloo and King Louie. And the lady in front of us turned around and said, Who is this again? Or maybe it was Turk. Yeah, it was Turk. Who is this again? And we explained to her who Turk was from Tarzan. She's like, I just can't keep track of all these character names. Yesterday, we were we uh, saw that film uh, with uh, Pimone and Tumba. <laughs> and I literally looked at my friend. I was with my friends Lindsay and Katie, and I was like, I can't, I can't. I just need to give her directions to Universal and say, go have fun there. <laughs> oh. For some people, this is a make-or-break experience of Walt Disney World. It is not that for me. If it is for you, you know, take some of our tips. Hopefully it's been informational. Uh, I don't think it's make-or-break, but character meet-and-greets can definitely enhance your experience. I agree. Uh, Yeah, I would love to hear some stories from listeners about interesting meet-and-greets with characters. We've actually received a few. I might go back through those and read those emails. Um, But... If not, we hope you've enjoyed this episode and haven't tuned us out yet. We'll see you next week. In the meantime, go find us on Twitter at Mad Chatters, Instagram at Mad Chatters, at Facebook. You can email us at comments at madchatters.net. See ya. Yeah, tweet us or put on Facebook or email us some of your favorite uh, meet and greet pictures, especially if you have rare characters. I like, I always like to see characters in the park. And on that note, take a, take a little time to find the magic in every day. Bye-bye now. Didn't know Wayne's last name, and I called him Uncle Al, but I still got the point. <laughs> Uncle Al? Wow. Is there an Uncle Al on anything? Not that it's I what recall. the Bible says. The Bible says <laughs> if you just say wrong things loud enough for long enough, people will eventually believe you. That is true. <laughs> That's what got Donald Trump elected.